Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. What's going on, you guys? All right, so we are going to be posting Jeff Reitzel's Millionaire Real Estate Investor Workshop in parts and releasing it over the next few episodes here. And then we're going to post the full investor workshop that he did. We thought might as well. We have posted content like this similar in the past, but we thought, hey, you know, he drops so many nuggets of wisdom and just so many amazing points in the workshop, some stories and how he built his wealth and how he got a new philanthropy and donating uh, and and life and everything in between. We cover a lot. So we thought might as well post all these episodes onto the podcast and we're going to do it very quickly over the each day and then we're going to post the full the full podcast episode. So either way, I'm going to stop talking because uh, I want I want you to get into the Jeff content here, but I really trust you enjoy it. Have a great day and uh, all the best. Bye. This is teachable. It doesn't mean that this is going to, this might take you a hundred years to do this. It might take you two years. It might take you five months. I have no idea. It just, nothing is possible if you don't make that first purchase. You have to make that first purchase in order for anything to go anywhere. I, I got, I had a kid come to me. I say kid, he was 21 or 22 years old and he started buying student apartment, like student buildings near the university eight or 10 years ago at three, four, five million dollars a piece, 100% financed. So he just found, he had some family backers that would back him and then found people to put seconds on them. And when he sold them, he probably walked away with 14 million at 24 years old because the market went up. Now it could have gone the other way, (laughs) like very easily could have gone the other way. It just didn't and he was was lucky. But he did a hundred times what I did in real estate in, in just a couple of years, which was kind of cool. I have a client right now that sells YouTube and Facebook likes. I went, what do you sell? <laughs> so he, he netted like three and a half million last year. He just lives at home with his parents. He's using that money and he's buying real estate with it. I said, you got to explain this to me because I don't understand that business at all. And he said, well, you, you think that YouTube views and Facebook likes are real. So if somebody's got 18,000 likes, you actually think 18,000 people liked it. And I said, well, kind of, yeah. He goes, oh no. Sometimes that's the case, but let me give you a couple examples. So a mother has a cute kid and she wants that cute kid to get on Ellen. Well, how does a cute kid get on Ellen? They need 40 million views on YouTube. They're not gonna get on, or maybe there's other ways, but you know what I mean? That's how a kid would get noticed by something. So the mother will approach me and, and say, I'd like 40 million views on this video that I just posted on YouTube, how much? And he'll say it's $30,000 and I'll get you 40 million views. He then emails 40 million people in his database to click on the video for like a microsecond. And then he takes that 30,000 and he keeps 15 and gives the other 15,000 to the people that clicked on the video. And they get it in a little spending account that they can go buy stuff on eBay or, or whatever. And I went, oh, wow. cool. <laughs> yeah. Or I went, 
wow, like stupid me, you know, <laughs> I'm slugging it out every day and you're selling YouTube views. Um, or, uh, or, or Aerosmith comes out with a new song and wants 100 million views of that new song on YouTube. You can just buy the views. So they're legitimate views, like, well, they're not. They're legitimate clicks. Like, it, it's actually somebody clicking on it. But I went, oh, my goodness, what a, what a different world. I never, never thought of it. Now, he said, it's going to end. So there's going to be programs. It's going to end. I'm not stupid. I'll, just, I'll think of something else. But that's why I'm taking this money, and he's buying real estate with it, which is really smart. Because he knows it's, it's going to end. But there'll be, there'll be something else. It's crazy. You sell YouTube. I saw real estate. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. So what to buy, single family or multifamily, which is better? And I always say to this, it depends. It depends on your situation. It depends on where you are. It depends on how much money you have. But let's say you bought a sixplex last year for 500,000 that's renting for $5,000 a month. And 10 years from now, it's still renting for 5,000 a month, which is actually the case in most cases. People don't increase their rents because they don't want the tenants to leave and whatever. The problem with that is eventually they'll never leave because the rents are so low that they'll never leave. So I, I have that situation in six of those townhouses in that block of 10 that I bought that are original tenants. If they're gonna rent a house, I will have them the rest of my life because they can't go anywhere else. They just can't. It's, it's gonna be 500 more a month minimum to rent that product somewhere else. So that's part of being a landlord. There are times where you're gonna win and there are times where you're gonna lose. So you can do the scummy thing and kick those tenants out and say that a family member is moving in or all that stuff that people do, or you just go, that's just part of the game. That's just is what it is. Increase the rents by 3% a year like you can, and it is what it is. So that's the approach that I've taken with it, but they're not going to leave. They're going to be there for the rest of their lives if they want to rent. Now, if they get married or something and want to buy a house, then they're going to leave. And I'm just hoping that they like, I don't want them to leave and I do want them to leave in the, in the same breath. So assuming you maintain that property, it hasn't gone up in value at all. It's still worth a half a million dollars. The pros are there's one of everything to service, lower cost per unit typically, usually, usually more cash flow. They require larger down payments. They're harder than single family to sell and you can't liquidate part of the property if you need cash in a, in a multi. In a single family, if you bought something today for 275 and it's renting for $1,400 a month, well, 10 years from now, if you're still renting it for $1,400 a month, the home is worth whatever the market has gone up or down. No bearing on value. Now, if you had a 20-year lease signed with that tenant, of course, there's some impact on value. But if it's just a regular lease where the new owner could, could evict that tenant, it doesn't impact it at all. So I bought a, I had a, a, a woman in our lives that was living in government subsidized housing in a really rough area of town and had two young girls. and. I went up to her one day and said, would you like to move from where you are? She said, I'd love to, but I can't afford any more than $800 a month or whatever her rent was. And I said, how would you like to live in a new home? She said, I would love to live in a new home. I said, perfect. Let's go shopping for a new home, like a new townhouse. Here's the price range that you can look in. We'll go to these different builders and find an area that you like, and I'll buy it, and your rent is going to be $800 a month, and we'll get you in a better living situation. So I want to tell you that... Um, the best investments you'll ever make don't yield you the financial return. Or they might give you some financial return, but that orphanage that I bought in, in Ghana that was a, over a couple hundred thousand Canadian is the best investment I ever made, and it doesn't yield a financial return. And it's okay. You can make a financial investment without yielding a financial return. I'm giving you permission to do that. 
But here's how this story ended up. So one day, she actually got married, and they wanted to go look for a home on their own. And well, I said, well, great, you know, it's been great having you here, and, and they moved out, and then I sold it. And then I took the proceeds, do you think the buyer cared what I was renting it for? Didn't care, they were gonna move into it and, and live in it. And I used, it, it didn't quite cover it, but I used a lot of the money from that sale to then buy the, the orphanage in, in Ghana, which is just kind of cool how that, that happened. You know? If you do good, good comes back to you. So property management. This is something that I, I, don't, I don't have any interest in any property management company out there, but it's something that I wish I would have done right from the beginning is hired a property manager rather than doing it myself. And I did it myself for, 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 for a number of years. And quick story, I'll pick on Curtis in the back of the room. If Curtis is my tenant and I go to the door and say, Curtis, it's the third of the month, you know, where's the, I didn't get the rent check in the mail. And Curtis says, well, you know, my, my spouse beat me up yesterday and, and took the money. Well, I'm a human being, so I'll go, I'm very sorry that happened to you. I'll come back in, how long do you need? 10 days? I'll come back, I'll come back in 15 days. And then I come back in 15 days and it's some other excuse. And I go, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll come back again in 15 days. That was me, for sure. I just, I don't know how, you, how I would do anything else. I'm just, I'm, I'm a human and I have compassion for him. Now, if it's the property manager and the property manager says, hey, Curtis, I'm here to collect the rent. Well, you know, my spouse beat me up and took the money. I'll have it in um, 10 days. Well, actually, here's an eviction notice, and it actually gives you 15 days to pay. So it gives you another five days. Like, I don't want to give this to you, but, you know, I have a boss, and it's just my job. But you're going to pay in 10 days, so it voids it anyway. Um, but here, sorry about what happened to you. Well, a property manager can do that. I can't do that. Maybe you can. I just, I cannot hand that piece of paper to somebody that just told me they got beat up. Whether they did or not, I, I just can't do that. A property manager can. They keep it separate and their emotions are not involved. And why do you want to know everything you need to know about investing in real estate for one property to save 50 or 80 or or $100 a month? Now, some people like it and they have the time to do it and that's okay. I wasn't one of those people. I wanted to just do my, the job that I do and I have my family and I didn't want to worry about, I didn't want to worry about all of that stuff. Statistically, the investors that have their properties managed own more, own more properties and have higher net worth, which it makes sense. Because if you have two properties and it's causing you two or three phone calls a month, you don't want a third and a fourth and a tenth property because you don't want 30 phone calls a month. So I, like, I, I get the logic behind it. Mortgage financing is also, this is something that I happen to do but if you're talking to somebody else or you're in a different market, some of the questions that I would ask whoever you're dealing with, just some basic questions would be, what rental offset do you use and what what's your DCR? So DCR is debt coverage ratio. And if the person looks at you and thinks you just spoke French, you're 100% in the wrong place. Those are very basic, very basic questions. Or let me check with my manager, wrong answer. I would just leave <laughs> and go deal with somebody else. You wanna deal with people that that understand your language and can look at your situation right now and set things up properly to allow you to do other stuff down the line that you might not even be thinking of right now, rather than just looking at this simple transaction. A common example that, that I get come in my office, this is one from a few months ago. A woman came in and had $50,000 in her bank account for a down payment on a condo and she wanted to buy a condo. She had her house free and clear and she had a relatively low income. So she said, well, I went and saw my bank and my bank said I should use my cash to buy the condo 
And then if I want to buy another one down the road, I do a line of credit on my house and then I can use that money to buy another one. And I said, what bank? And she said, ABC bank. And I said, they won't do the line of credit for you. The second you close on the condo, you don't qualify for a line of credit there anymore. And she said, why didn't the lady that I was talking with tell me that? Because she doesn't know. That's why she told you that. So I'm telling you right now, if you email the manager there and say, can you just plug in my numbers? If I own a condo at this and it's renting for this and the mortgage is this, how much of a line of credit do I qualify for? And they just flip me the answer. And he replied back, zero. I said, yeah, zero. If had you gone ahead with that, you wouldn't be able to do another property. If we do the line of credit first before you buy a property, it's sitting there. Now you can use it down the road if you want to use it. But it takes somebody to look at it that's an investor rather than somebody that's just quoting you a rate on a, on a five-year term. So where do I get the money to get started? I will end at 7.30, which is in three minutes, whether you like it or not. Because <laughs> I have to coach a basketball team at 7.45. Uh, but if you have any questions, you can always email me and I, I will answer them. So you could refinance your current property, personal savings, or one of my favorites is to buy a rental as your very first purchase. So let's say that you own, let's say that you qualify right now to buy a $750,000 house and it's your first home. I don't know why people want to buy at their max at the, on the first home. It's, you know, people grow up in, in Deer Ridge in their parents' house and they want a lateral move for their first house. Like you're 24 years old, why does it need to be Deer Ridge for your first house? You know, what if you bought a $350,000 condo for your first place rather than a $750,000 house and lived in there for five months or six months or two years and then bought another house with 5% down? Because you can, assuming you qualify, you're not, you're not, you're going to, you're not limited to buying one property with 5% down. You can buy multiple, multiple properties if you qualify with 5% down, where if you buy that one for $750,000, you are probably not going to save up enough now to buy a rental. It's just never it's just never going to happen. So that would be my advice to you if you don't own a home right now or if you're giving advice to your kids, buy your first house as a rental because you can buy a rental with 5% down. Isn't that cool? But you're not. You're living in it, but it, you know it's going to be a rental someday. And then you buy another house to live in with 5% down and you know that's going to be a rental someday. You can actually buy rental properties with 5% down as long as they're owner-occupied to begin with. So putting this all together, these are the people that you need to help support your purchases. If you get a good property manager and a, and a good realtor and a good mortgage broker, they can take care of a lot of these for you. Because for you to go out there and find the best painter and the best electrician and the best carpenter and the best, that can take a long time to put that network together. I would tap into somebody that has a network right now and then maybe you want to piece out some stuff as time goes on and find your own painter, but tap into the resources that other people have. So putting everything together, you're not going to know everything you need to know about investing in real estate because you listen to me talk for an hour and a half. What you need to do is set a goal. Your goal right now might be you want to buy property two years from now, a year from now. Your goal might be you want to meet with whoever brought you here within the next 60 days and put a plan together. Set a goal to do something because if you don't, nothing's going to happen. You'll remember this talk six months and six years from now going, man, I wish I would have at least done something. I, would have, I wish I would have investigated something. Rather than sitting there going, I don't qualify for anything, I can't do anything, you, you might, you just never know. So set a goal. I had a goal once to run a marathon, which is 42 miles, too many. Uh, and the it really was. The training program for it was 1,565 um, kilometers. I just found one online, and that's how many kilometers I had to run before I ran a marathon. 
If I got home at midnight and had 13 miles to run, I would run on the treadmill for an hour or 10 hours, whatever it took. But I was very focused on not dying when I crossed the finish line. That was my only goal. I just wanted to not die. I think you can tell from the time there, four hours and 41 minutes. It's not the fastest marathon that's ever been run. <laughs> but but I, did, I did cross the, the finish line. It's funny, as I reached the halfway point, uh, can you, I heard the, the sirens and the, everything, like, everything, I'm like, what, what is going on? I just, like, and it was an hour and 50 minutes for me to do half of it. A Kenyan had finished the race at 150. <laughs> I went, oh my goodness, he'd done the whole thing. <laughs> Crazy. So start as soon as you can and consider making your first home, your first investment property. So if you were to buy something now versus starting in 10 years, and this could be two years, but that'd be the difference in, in purchase price. If you just, well, I'm going to wait and save up more down payment. You often can't save greater than the houses are appreciating for, for a lot of us. I wrote a book a number of years ago called The Millionaire Father that I never talked about. And I had a gentleman in the front row uh, a year, a year and a half ago, and I started mentoring him a little bit, and he said, you know, how can I, how can I thank you for, for your advice and stuff? I said, I don't know, what do you do for a living? And he said, I record uh, books on iTunes. And I went, oh, I have a book. Uh, let's do that. So now I have my book on Audible and iTunes and all those different platforms. If you download that book, it's eight or ten bucks depending on where you go. Apple takes 30% of it, and then the other 70% goes directly to Possibilities International, which is the organization I go with to Africa. So now I don't mind talking about it because there's no money in it for me. But I had a hard time saying, you know, go buy my book for 10 bucks or 20 bucks. I find that very annoying. So if you, if you want to thank me in any way, you can do that. You can download it on your phone, and I get none of it. So this is the beginning if you take action. If not, it will be the end. I, I'm going to call my dad up here for a second. I am going to run out because I have to. I have 13 minutes to get to Rim Park. Basketball. Yeah. See you later. So thank you. Spontaneous trying to talk. <laughs> so if I could ask you to go to jimreitzel.com and give me as many likes and comments. In fact, I've already got a like. Oh, I guess I liked it. And I guess there's a comment. It was mine. But anyways, if you could, Jim Reitzel, uh, whatever, what is it? Uh, on Facebook, you just do my name, Jim Reitzel, and let's get... Let's get that up there that we can maybe get three likes by the end of the year, okay? That'd be awesome. One concept that we've thought about lately, and I'd just like to share, and I realize we're at the time, and is um, you've won the lottery. So the people that are in here that own a home, you've won a lottery. And we struggled with year, for years talking to people about how they can make more money with real estate. And I, I guess we understand real estate investing, but... What we found is over the last 20, 25 years, it's $1,200 to $1,500 a month. Your home has gone up in value if you own something. And we've just, it, it's just relentless. It's $1,200 to $1,500 a month. So if you're living in a home right now and you go to sell that to move into another home, you really don't win anything, do you? But now that home's going to go up $1,200 or $1,500 a month. But if you stayed in a home and found some way of buying a second home, which is what he's talking about, now you're twenty-four hundred to three thousand dollars a month. That's how the rich do it. My dad was a bus driver. Nobody ever talked to us about investment real estate until one day we just bumped into it and went, "Oh my goodness, we've got to start talking to people." So that's that's how you've won the lottery with a home that you're in already, and you can do it again. That's what this concept is. Okay, so thanks for coming out and uh, have a great evening. And don't forget, Thank you.